0: This is a strategist episode twelve eighty one. My name is Zane Belgy. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. Guys, can you hear the excitement in my voice? Can you hear it? Oh yeah, must be must be Senate. Oh, uh, it is time. You only oh get my that God. excited. Now, listen, there's 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 three times of the year. Okay, uh, well, and one of them happens multiple times, which is which is today. Senate appointment. I'll get to that. The other two times, Order of yeah. Canada. And I always, I always Ooh. do the Control F Stephen Carter, and I and I don't find it. And then I do the Control F Stephen Carter with the V, in case you know it's the government of just Canada. They case. could, they could, they, they could spell yeah. it wrong, right? Mistakes happen yeah, every happens. single time. Not even as a member. Like I'm not talking about officer, but not even yeah, as not a, companion. Not companion. No. no, not even as a member. That's just doing local shit. Okay, that's pretty much sweeping at your local Y. And they don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Pretty much. Yeah. Like we'd like
1: to. Uh, yeah. apologize to all the members of the Order of Canada out there. Well,
0: all the members. Well, so I mean, are, are, really? are they even? Yeah. Are they even real Order of Canada recipients? What do yeah. they do? Come on. Um, my father-in-law, a member of the Order of Canada, I should mention to you. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Jesus, uh,
2: you've got you've married into quite the family. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got by, quite uh, the connections. Uh, other, other way same. around.
0: Other way around. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I, they're the they ones dragging. seeking they're, you they're, they're the ones dragging me down how funny would it be if oh, they came man. seeking me that would be a good like I don't know it be, 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 like, be a rom-com that would be pretty pretty great. interesting indie like indie Indian thriller I don't know what that would be uh, <laughs> <A> thriller <laughs> it would be a thriller <laughs> a thriller oh my god they'd be plotting in the background uh, no Corey you are right though it is Senate Appointment it Day it is and guess, guess which province day. has gotten uh, a new senator today not, Funkin, not ours that is correct it's not. It's, yeah, there's two vacancies here. Uh Carter, do we want to chat about this? Because the fact is, uh, oh, Corey, please,
2: isn't like the yeah, first rule sorry, of was... uh, improvising a show not to block and say no, we don't want to talk about this. So yes, Zane, we do want to talk about this so Corey, much. Corey oh I, my God, so Corey and I are great.
0: both drinking aluminum foil-less San Pellegrinos, which means that they I've are the this, common man's uh... drink
2: this pink drink with some ice in it so Excellent. tried to stay away it's from the, the ice microphone. that's good ice is yeah. good
0: for uh
2: gets quite uptight when you put the ice near the microphone
0: you know what fuck it i'm actually going to go down the path of talking about senate appointments because why not okay uh all these people tuning in thinking we're going to talk about the alberta ndp rules well fuck that or or we maybe that the premier oh come on about- no no hey? who, who gives a shit who gives a yeah. shit,
2: Corey? Because keep up.
0: <laughs> so Ontario- <laughs> we're to talk about the Ontario. I don't know anything about the Ontario Senate. Who gives a fuck.
2: I neither do great. I. Our best work is done when seems we know nothing. Like,
0: seems like a person okay. with a heartbeat. Congratulations! There is no net. Congratulations to them. <laughs> okay, congratulations on your purgatory, uh, Corey. If one were to want to enter said purgatory uh, with your lifetime quote unquote appointment to the Senate, here's what's happening. Okay, here's the here's the word on the street. Well actually here's why, your- why did you put quotes
1: around appointment instead of lifetime yeah. there out of curiosity. Oh yeah. uh,
0: I put I put quotes around random stuff just to see if people pick up on That's it. Great. And Corey, it's usually for the audience, not upon you, but you will see. Throughout the history of this show, I've put quotes around okay. things that do not deserve quotes.
1: So, this is basically the first time I've shown any interest in your question. Yeah. Well, the yeah.
0: first time you've actually listened um, uh, alongside, quote-unquote, uh, Stephen Carter. Uh, Carter. <laughs>
2: Jesus, you put a See V in that there, works, That's a callback. That is a callback. Oh, Pretty good.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. you can do it with yeah. a v. That's nice. Because um, you can do it with a Corey, V. let me, before I get to the word on the street. I find this really interesting. The Senate appointment—we're actually doing this—is—is—is is, is an application-based. Now, if I were, if I would have done any planning, I would have found out what's entitled or entailed in that application. I don't give a shit. It's an application. You apply. You get chosen, right? Um, but Corey, what we've heard—that's happening here in Alberta. Uh, specifically coming out of, of Justin Trudeau's and the and the government's sort of appointments bureau, whether that's a division of PMO or or else, or once again, no research has been done. Um, <laughs> so let's just assume it sits somewhere within government. All right. Loving the, it. Calls have been made to people. And these are the classic sort of HR calls that we have either done ourselves or experienced. Let me give you the the, the the breakdown. The calls are made to relatively qualified people in the broader sort of Alberta community. And they are asked to provide their names for people they think should become senators. And then at the end of that call, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, Carter sometimes even 30 minutes, uh, mm. they're asked, oh, you wouldn't be interested, by the way, right? And sometimes people say yes, and sometimes they say no. So, like, if you'd be interested, well, that don't please don't send me the names. Let's have another follow up conversation on that. Those calls, Carter, a version of which we have either participated in or been on the receiving end of. um, You probably less so than Corey and I would imagine on the receiving side. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Those have been happening, and 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 the and the ask has been, well, if you are interested, make sure you apply. And Carter, I'm wondering if there's any room for strategist thinking in that world? That's probably my basic question. Is there, if if someone tells you, hey, if you're interested in this, apply, and A to B equals C, is there any world where the hats that we put on on this show, where we try to gamify certain things, think through the ups and downs, talk about lobbying individuals that might be on advisory boards, that's a real thing, talk about maybe even calling up the person who's in charge of appointments, The things that we talk about, the tactics, the strategies we talk about, Carter, my my basic question to you, and you could kill this entire segment with a no to this answer, is, is there any room for strategist-level thinking when there's an application-based system?
2: Well, I mean, obviously there is, because uh, now I don't need to put the finishing touches on my application anymore. Uh, I was just about done. Uh, I did not get a phone call like the one you're describing. And so basically, to be clear, I'm neither, did it, <laughs> to be clear neither did I. I am. So, why would I even <laughs> hand in my application? Um, frankly, I was looking at this as a nice soft landing. Uh, I'm told they're for life, right? The appointments. Um,
1: uh, life in quotes. Yeah.
2: That could have been fa- yeah. fantastic. Two open vacancies, a two chance, two out of 4.5 million people. Oh. <laughs> I had that in the bag. No, I mean, I think there is a strategy to this, Zane. I think that there's strategy from the side of the PMO. Because keep in mind, these are independent independent senators. That's where we need your quotation marks. Independent senators.
0: Senators um, quote.
2: Yeah, this is independent senators. <laughs> um, so, you know, with the independent senators. Guys, uh, I'm going to reveal. I don't why know are how they being quotes invited? work. <laughs> I, just I think, we have, they, I I think we have to do it again. I don't know. we have to do it again. Yeah.
1: I
0: don't think I know. Can we
1: start over? Like, seriously, this is rough. <laughs> no, man. we're we're committed now. No, okay, we're committed. Good. We're all the way. In.
0: Hey, so Corey, same question to you. Is there any room for the type of thinking we provide on the show to someone, anyone? And I don't have anyone in mind, to be absolutely clear, uh, because I didn't know we were doing this. But to is there is there any value in the type of thinking that we would provide or talk about on the show when there's an application based system for these appointments? Uh, and the Senate being one of them.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I think the answer is yeah. Just as there's kind of strategic counsel you can get when you're looking for a job. You know, you'd hire an executive coach or a headhunter. I mean, I would hire an executive coach. Uh, I
2: don't need that kind of shit.
1: I don't think Stephen... I don't,
2: Steven, I don't Steven, need that.
1: I don't need that kind Anyways, of shit. Yeah. I'm getting distracted here. So what you do is you want to make sure that you are telling a story that aligns to what they want in a candidate, right? And so you could give a charitable view that what they want is just very strong independent candidates that check boxes and show the diversity of Canada. I don't mean check boxes in a negative sense, mm-hmm, but yeah. criteria have been put out for the independent Senate process about, you know, representation and uh, you know, excellence and achievement. And so you can make sure that you're crafting your, your, application uh, the same way and you can make sure people are aware of your application so at least it gets giving due consideration there that's all for sure possible and i think if you were actually hell-bent on being a senator i mean maybe even necessary mm. right because these are these are jobs that i think they pays what an mp pays which is about one hundred and eighty thousand, if i'm not mistaken so you know, it's a real job i mean real in quotation marks job <laughs> MP. Yeah. So so they... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the the way the process works, I understand it. And this is, again, thank you, Zane, for for this wonderful advance notice you gave here, is there is a committee that has a couple of members for each province and then some general members, right? Include And I think one of the main members is Melissa Blake, a former mayor of, of Fort McMurray, if oh, I'm I not remember mistaken. Her, but sure. yeah, yeah. There's, they're generally not politicians. They are prominent people from different walks of mm-hmm. life, former mm-hmm. justices, things of that matter. But here's the rub. They provide for each vacancy five names to the prime minister. They recommend five names. So... You know, they they will put them forward, but then uh, Justin Trudeau is going to say, oh, I like that one. Bingo, bango. Right? And so there are two really important ways you can influence that process politically, even in this nonpartisan process. One is on the way in right so like how are you making sure that you are in the mix and you are hitting the criteria and i mean small p political at this Mm -hmm. point right Mm -hmm. that would allow you to be considered and put forward by these candidates and then there is okay how do i make the prime minister's office excited about me and how do i make it so the prime minister is interested in me being a candidate and i think the reality of most of these appointment processes is Even, um, you know, within the confines of what I've just described, there's an awful lot of soft power in the prime minister's office. If the PMO were to say, hey, here's, you know, you got names that have come through the process. There's a a couple of other names. We just want to make sure you're aware of her out there. We're not saying anything, but for sure, check them out. Yeah,
2: just be aware.
1: Just the reality is comments like that are going to lead to a higher likelihood that person's going to get through, especially if they were kind of an edge case right? Uh, 50-50, do we put them forward? Well, we know the PMO is a little keen on it. and We want to do our job well, and our job is putting forward candidates that the PMO would find acceptable. So yeah, why the hell not? So I do think there's a place for politics and strategy in this. Um, Why you would want to be a senator? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's a fine job, but uh, But if you uh, actually were quite set on it, you probably do want to be thinking about the strategy. You
0: know, uh, most people could not see this, and most people, I mean, all people could not see this because this is a auditory medium. Uh, Corey did put air quotes around "fine job." Um, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I don't know what that means, as as we've realized on the show. (laughs) Hey Carter. um, Yeah. If we both if you both agree that there's room for like strategic thinking on this, is it just you or should you bring in other people? And how far can you go with other people? Like, should you get a a lobbying firm? This is a crazy idea. Maybe it isn't. That knows and has access to the PMO and say, fuck it, push my application. Here's your retainer. Go do it. That's one extreme all the way to, you know, a a perhaps more casual way of having other people influence your application. Should you do that? Should you not do that? If someone came to you, like, seriously, being like, Carter, I'm actually thinking of Senate, what would you advise them? And if they said, you know, I actually have some connections that might actually have direct access to the PMO, the chief of staff, the prime minister himself, and I hear he's picking it. What would you say to them, Carter?
2: I'd say be careful. Um, uh, Corey described a scenario where um, the prime minister's office was pushing a candidate, I think the far more likely scenario is that the prime minister's office says not that candidate. We'd like a list with five people on it that doesn't include Corey Hogan. Um, I mean, that's that probably explains. not a very good example. We'd like a list of five names on it that doesn't include Stephen Carter. That's probably a more <laughs> apt example. So that's, that's probably, I think, more likely to happen. So if you get like, let's say that you hired Navigator, um, well-renowned, world-renowned, Really, lobbying firm, um, comes with some strong, strong personality. World category. renowned, <laughs> just so world you know. renowned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quotation marks. Does that work? Yeah. Hey, did I get
1: it? I think I <laughs> caught highly, it that time.
2: highly capable. Air <laughs> okay. quotes. Oh, I'm getting um, it. really well connected. Air quotes. Um, you know, they, Gian you
0: Gomeshi. Can, Wait, am
2: I doing it Gian right? <laughs> Gomeshi, Air quotes. You could, you could put that forward, and but I don't think that that's going to help. I think that they that, that, that it was, you know, that you've gone so far as to hire a, uh, a lobbying firm. It's, it's almost as, as useless as, you know, running in an election and getting elected uh, to be uh, the next senator from Alberta. I think that Erica Baroudis uh, is still waiting for her appointment. Um, I mean, her application was filled out by the people of Alberta, and let's never forget that.
1: Okay, we, a we won't. Endorse, yeah, I mean, endorsement for a it. lot of people won't have a clue what you're talking about. But yes, uh, Well, I, I mean,
2: did. Zane yeah, will ask me a question it. to follow up, and then we'll explain I, w- I will not. Right. I will move
0: on. <laughs> I will move on. Uh, I will move on to ask a very simple question, Corey, which is, like, going down this path, what do you think w- would risk it? Like, Carter started to answer, being like, my outlandish example of hiring a GR firm to get you into the PMO it was meant to kind of like, you know, draw the line somewhere. Where else would you kind of draw the line around risk? Because you've talked about, you know, some of this might even be necessary. You just start to push yourself. Your thoughts on others pushing for you, first and foremost, and then where you kind of think some of the traps are around personal advocacy uh, for one's application. Um, especially when it's like not in your sort of character and you and you're looking to kind of like serve it's it's a lot of people feel that tension and it's uncomfortable for uh, for them in, in in that way
1: yeah and it's an interesting and evolving one right this this is new i think i still yeah. consider it new this came in with Justin Trudeau this idea of independent senators and certainly especially at the start there was this sense that there was no politics to be involved in it right and so I think in particular in those early days you would likely have created um I, th- I think some squeamishness would be putting it in an understated way if you started lobbying the prime minister's office saying like oh no i'm I'm your person mm-hmm. i'm exactly mm-hmm. who you want for that particular role. Uh, or at least it would need to be in the context of this is I'm I'm that person because I'm nonpartisan and you know I, I have all of these other accolades that that mm-hmm. would allow me to be successful mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm, particular mm-hmm. role, but as it's evolving, I don't know if that will always continue to be the case. I'm not even convinced that this particular process survives, and I'm in fact I'm fairly certain it doesn't. Uh, Pierre Polyev becoming the prime minister, right? Yeah. And then the independent senate is gone. But insofar as this process exists right now. Um, I I suspect as they are getting closer to the election, that is likely their last. I suspect they're going to be a little less fussed about a certain amount of partisanship on the side. Maybe I'm entirely wrong about that. But... You know, political mortality is an interesting thing. And you start thinking, oh, my God, since 2016, we've appointed nothing but independence to the Senate. And now it's going to be only conservatives for the next bit. Maybe we should be thinking a little bit about that. Uh, all to say, where is the line of propriety, Zane? I don't know. And I suspect it's evolving. And it certainly hasn't existed long enough to be established. But um, you probably don't want to be going so far as to making it awkward for them. So if it came out, oh, the prime minister's office heard from political strategist Stephen Carter that the right political choice was Zane Velge for the Senate, well, that's probably not going to do them any favors. And that would probably count cut against the otherwise rock-solid Zane-Velgie yeah. candidacy.
0: You right? can get That's your uh, Zane-Velgie for Senate posters endorsed by Stephen Carter. Uh, so it's pretty much just so you, you can't see it. It's because it's not in the shop right now, folks. But it, we've been designing this for, <laughs> for months. It's a, it's a photo, a long it's, time. It's a photo of, yeah. of a small me and a very large Stephen. And uh, it's Zayn Velgry for Senate in small font, endorsed by Stephen Carter in very large font. It's actually a beautiful poster. Uh, I think the kids will love it. Um, we'll also do uh, beer koozies uh, with the same uh, with the same design, oh, right? Yeah, my kids love those beer koozies. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, kids are into them. Hey, Carter, here's the most Stephen Carter question to end off this segment. I'm hey, going to ask same. it to. you, Okay. Actually, this is not as crazy as my hiring a GR firm. But, but now that we're down this path, if someone's told you, Carter, hey, listen, I think I have a good chance to Senate thing. Let me, let's me let just say it's me, but I've heard yeah. my biggest competition, I've heard fucking Corey's applying, and Corey hits yeah. all of the DEI criteria, man. He's just... Hit, <laughs> he's he from hits the Northeast. He's okay. still Northeast, in the Northeast. Knows yeah. how air quotes work. He like fucking hits it all, man. He knows and it all, okay? amazing. Yeah. He's <laughs> Is it insane to think that this—either it happens or that you would engage in it happening—that people try to torpedo or sabotage other folks' candidacy in something like this? How much of that is part of this? Because if we're now talking that political strategy or the strategy that we talk about on the show can enter a application system— then fuck it. Yeah. You can two ways to build the tallest building: build the tallest building or tear down other people's building, right? And, and what point uh, do you start thinking about who your competition is, at Carter? When it's this application-based, and and what would you do about it? So, any thoughts in regards to that um, as we spend minute eighteen onward on Senate applications, Carter? Well, I
2: would. I wouldn't do it. Um, yes, I mean, you would. You guys know yeah, I'm. I am. You This is why I'm a, a gentle. <laughs> I'm a gentle political activist. Okay. Uh, what, I don't do things like that. Of course. But,
0: what would you advise um, someone to not do? Not. I
2: might advise someone. You know, like if you knew that Corey Hogan was your primary competition. I mean, and 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 say that we knew that where his his skeletons are. um, Making those skeletons pop out does diminish his chances. And if there's no fingerprints, it would probably increase your chance. Would you so,
0: actually go that far in an, in something like this?
2: Not for the Senate. I mean, fuck, <laughs> it's the Senate. But, I mean, for a real job, maybe. Like, isn't that how we? No, you for got the into Senate, H&K? Let's,
0: no, let's say you had a client. Like, I'm actually being serious now. You had a client who said fuck it i'm actually never gonna run for political office carter like i'm actually not gonna i've I've thought about it's not for me but this senate thing this actually might be the perfect capstone to my career and i want it and my competition is Corey, and they call fucking you there's not like they're calling yeah they know what they get with you so you're telling me that you Mm -hmm. actually wouldn't do that if or you wouldn't actually give them a path in how to do that tactically uh if, if this is what they wanted
2: no, because there's too much at stake with the prime minister's office. I mean, we're pretending like we're elected or that we're appointing independent ser- uh, senators, right? Like that's the great um, pretense of all of this discussion is that we're we're doing something that is uh, you know holier and uh, holy and 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 true and and all of that shit. Um, the truth is that the prime minister's office is probably just as involved uh, through this process as any process that they would ever be involved in. So you don't want to piss off the prime minister's office. Not for something like this. Not for helping someone else get their j- dream job. I mean, I'm not going to make the phone call for you, Zane. It's like, oh my God, yeah. I mean, he's he's more than the vice son to the vice regal. Yeah, it wouldn't more?
0: No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Uh, I'll come back to you, Carter. I'm not getting anywhere with you on this, Corey. What do you think of this? <laughs> the answer is no. What do you think of tearing down your competition in a Senate application? Well. I
1: mean, such a such a weird universe that we're in. That this is the question. How? I, look, I don't think it it's is all a zero sum. Yeah. I, no, I I don't think it is either. I think it's weird. Think we're it talking is. about it the context of the fucking Senate, but like, <laughs> it is a zero sum situation, right? There, it's not that dissimilar from an election for being an MP in the sense that somebody will win and s- many people will <sighs> lose, yes. right? Yes. And so, yeah, I, I think potentially contrast can assist you you do have to consider kind of the norms around it to go back to what we were talking about before and where they're evolving. It might be considered quite quite improper to be lobbying for the job in in a way that is then undercutting the other person there. And, you know, that might cause you problems with the prime minister's office. But if I want to argue the other point, what does the prime minister want from the Senate? I think mostly for it not to be an issue. And so if you're raising issues of other people, they might be like, "Oh fuck, I'm not sure. It's like, geez, I don't like Corey that much. God, did you hear this rumor that he's friends with Steven Carter? I don't I don't know. Let's just move on past
0: I've that held guy you right. back
1: a lot. <laughs> Carter Carter, yeah. you said you Your wouldn't uh, friends was in
0: quotes, <laughs> by the way. If you if you had to not do this, not as in quotes, Carter, um how would you not <laughs> do it? Uh, how would you get this information out? Let's say you knew something about Corey. How in this process getting it out to the public is almost meaningless. Is it not? Yeah. So, how do you get it out to this extremely? And I think there is actually a lot of interesting, like, tactical and strategy questions here. How do you influence an extremely narrow band of decision makers where the Gen Pop sentiment may not even matter, let alone be an influencer on on the decision making process here?
2: Assuming I didn't want my fingerprints on it, what yes. I would do, yes, is I would have a podcast, right? That okay. started in in twenty fifteen. <laughs> um, and on that podcast, I would subtly mention the the you know the the lunacy of the whole process and then maybe just drop a couple names in Randy dawson and when I throw those names out there, Jason Hatcher, you're not going to have those people you know like there's certain people that shouldn't be appointed um and and if those people were to get appointed, it would be a significant setback uh, to <laughs> what are you the entire doing? Senate. <laughs> Is, I, I'm, what do you mean? What am I doing? It's literally both, you the both questions. Both inelegant and also not <laughs> Randy strategy Nonson, you propose. Don't appoint them. Don't I appoint don't them. They're not going to be
0: appointed, Carter. That's they're not, not going to be appointed.
2: You know what? If they're not appointed, my strategy works. Why is huh? he here sometimes? Huh? <laughs> I, guess huh? I, I guess you're right. Huh?
0: You know what? When he's right, he's right. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Corey, is there is there any meat on the? I mean, are either of you going to give me an answer on this? If you actually wanted to do this,
2: I haven't wanted to be in this whole session and it's, session. A, and this and it's whole a fucking <laughs> segment I haven't wanted to be in. You'll be
0: okay. You'll be you'll be fine. You'll get to talk about Tucker Carlson in a second. Don't worry. <laughs> you'll, you'll get to talk about your hero in a moment. Don't worry. Oh God, uh, Corey, is there? A, is there? Is there? How would you do it? I guess is my question. Or is there in it like just from a tactical basis?
2: This is OJs, if I did it, is this no, what it is? No, I just think OJ's this is interesting. No, there
0: is an interesting I, lesson here around a narrow band of decision makers needing information yeah. without like it looking like you are trying to sabotage one of your competition. That's actually a really interesting strategy question to me. Yeah, I, look,
1: I, I mean, what's interesting is as well you would need to know the other person actually applied for the Senate, yes. right? But assuming that you did. And assuming what you would want to do is you would want to have somebody who was involved in the process on the PMO side, I believe. The PMO side is the only place you would get this going. And you would have somebody who knows them call them up and say, hey, I uh, I hear that you were considering Corey Hogan for Senate. Well, look, I mean, I just want you to know you should go in eyes open with this. It's that. Hope you're good. Let's play golf next time you're in town or something like that. But it would need to be like a call from a friend just saying, hey, just a heads up on that. And... Again, if you assume that the Prime Minister mostly just wants it not to be an issue, that might alone be enough to kill it. Because the one thing I will say is, and I don't mean to be demoralizing to people, you will not believe how superficial the conversations are around appointments mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. political mm-hmm. situations, right? Really fucking superficial. Like, you've got a list of people, nobody knows any of the names, and somebody says something they heard from a friend of a friend about that person, and they're like, oh, well, I guess maybe we don't do that, right? Right. It's insane
0: how quickly that can Sounds happen. like and that's that's sounds like the same process for cool. judging the top 40 awards that I've been a part of, of course. <laughs> but your point is well taken, right? If you're sometimes yeah. not known, it's actually better than to be known because if you are known, people will have an opinion on you and at least on the balance of probability, someone's opinion may not necessarily be positive in that in that sense. Carter, to to your you're, you're going to add something to this?
2: No, I was going to say the same thing as Corey said, but I thought that my podcast idea was much stronger.
0: Yeah, and I feel sure. I feel like you, all the only thing you have done is Reason made us Hatcher, up our libel insurance. like we're going to have to just get <laughs> better insurance get coverage, and, and thanks to our patrons. Um, we should start our own insurance company. Ryan Jesperson is like
2: available. Ryan Jesperson is available. What are you doing? <laughs>
0: what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Subliminal. <laughs> don't think so. Lost the plot. Okay, let's move it on to our next I segment. Thanks for this thanks for indulging me with 27 minutes of of time moving on to our next segment you, Stephen is carter. this gonna be
2: short tonight because i'm really quite quite punchy
0: you're are you well i i feel like i want to take advantage of that let's make this rapid fire carter fine fabulous okay. or fuck let's just move it on to that carter we are here I'm not adding a fourth. I'm not adding a fourth to fine, fabulous, Thank or you. We appreciate or, that. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm going to keep it simple on this Sunday night, because I didn't make you record a little bit later than you wanted to. Carter, the rules are the same. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you a topic. I'm going to give you an issue, and I'm going to give you a, a frame to view it through. And you are going to tell me, whether for that person, party, uh, or, or whatnot, it is fine, fabulous, or fucked, and Stephen Carter, let's start at home. Let's start, actually, with the premier... Sitting on stage with Danielle Smith. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she sat what with herself.
2: Yeah, she did. She was there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Here's here's. The, let me start. Let me start again. You don't even. You can just just keep it here. You don't have to edit yeah, this yeah. out, Corey. We're okay, not going to
2: edit or anything. Um, okay.
0: There was an ideologue, right wing uh, pundit, and Tucker Carlson on stage. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. It's pretty good. Can you like <laughs> just put good, that yeah, in? That's, that's pretty good. good. Yeah. Just, that was <laughs> like a Jay yeah. Leno. <laughs> yeah, that's there. pretty good. Leno has fucking money okay let me tell you that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's not funny he has money carter smith carlson on stage together 20 minutes uh, in calgary she did the intro to the show in edmonton uh there was commentary there was uh you know denouncing of him heading in there was commentary there was denouncing of him heading out uh, of the event uh fine fabulous or fucked how did the premier handle this and 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 we can then talk about the downstream effects but let's talk about how she handles this coming out of it from from a political damage perspective carter fine fabulous or fuck start us off
2: i i I was going to come up with something even better than fine fabulous or fucked but i'm really tired i'm sure you're up with any words you've had like a number
0: of years to do so
2: i'm gonna say she's fucked because now every time that tucker carlson says something that's racist, bigoted uh ill-informed incorrect um she's going to own it and she's going to be asked by someone in the media or someone at an open house or someone at a town hall she's going to be asked uh tucker carlson today said that um muslims are terrible and uh women are horrible and you know whatever whatever the fucking crazy thing he's going to say because it's going to be crazy and and how do you feel about that and then she's going to have to reiterate her talking point, which is I stand for free speech. Now, granted, I, I wasn't at all the events that day. I was just at that one event. So obviously I chose his free speech over anybody else's free speech. Um, but I think that she's relatively fucked on this because I think that that guy, I don't know if you guys know this, but I think he's rather rather unhinged. Um, I think he's kind of a lunatic. Corey, what do you think? Do you think he's a lunatic? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even put quotes around that. I think he's uh, yeah, he's up. clearly kind of circling the bottom. But I, you know, I'm gonna say it's fine, you know, and it, maybe I will even go f- from her point of view even a little bit further. Like it almost shifts into fabulous. Can I? Can I give you a bit of a take here? Sure. Do it. Of course, this fucking happened, Alberta. You get exactly what you got. And if I were a conservative premier of Alberta. And I, I know a couple of things, if I'm a conservative premier of Alberta. One, this is a province with the memory of a goldfish. You can do it three months before an election and nobody's going to want to talk about it. And they're going to say, ah, oh, that was old news, right? You can literally get involved in the administration of justice in a way that calls, you know, you know condemnation from the ethics commissioner. And people go, ah, oh, that was a yesterday problem, right? So that's the public, There's no way they're going to remember this in three years when the next election comes along. But there's another thing I know if I'm a conservative premier in Alberta, and that's that conservative premiers in Alberta tend to have a pretty short shelf life because the right wing of the party comes after them and kills them. So if I'm sitting there as Danielle Smith, why the hell wouldn't I sit and cozy up with the far right? Why wouldn't I? Where's my threat? Is my threat at the ballot box? No, because as long as I start acting like a normal person three months before the election, everyone's going to forget and forgive. However, if I slip up even for a minute with the far right of the party, they're going to start sharpening the knives. So yeah fucking bring it on. I'll get involved with every crazy right-wing cause. I'll be there champion for as long as I need to be, because that's how you survive as a premier in Alberta. You don't survive by being popular. You survive by making sure the far right of the province is on side with you. And that's kind of a downer, I guess, if you're not in the far right of the province. But hey, that's a reality I think we've seen play out time and time and time and time again
0: in the past 10 years here. Carter, give me your take on Corey's analysis here on, like, you you didn't – Corey, some version of you got what you asked for, you got what you got sort of thing, right? Well, yeah. I'm not even trying to be
1: shitty to Albertans. I'm just saying, let's be honest. The public doesn't seem to care, right? Like, everything that Danielle Smith did in the fall that we were like, wow, that's going to be a real problem in the general election – not a problem in the general election. I know a guy. He did the ads for the NDP. Get out. didn't <laughs> didn't didn't manage to fundamentally lock those things in because people were just sort of over some of it, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, we do know that the far right comes for premiers. Jason Kenney didn't lose because he was unpopular with the general public. He lost because he was unpopular with
0: the anti-vax crowd.
2: Carter, give me it's, y- it's true. That's very true.
0: Well, let's spend a second here on maybe giving the listeners our sort of synopsis or elevator pitch on Danielle Smith as we have seen her now, which is to say, extending on Corey's You Got What You Got, Um, did she do what she did, Carter, sit down with Tucker Carlson, Jordan Peterson, and others? because she is that person? Are you like ready to kind of like be like, yup, like this was beyond the political move of catering to the right? Are you comfortable saying this is actually who she fundamentally is? This is this was politics, sure, but this was also conviction at play.
2: Yeah, you know, there was a time I defended Danielle quite a bit because there was this, this uh, I have a sense of who she is from my past interactions with her. And I've, and I think that Corey and I have both said that we quite liked her. She's a, she's a very nice person. Um, I think that she did this because she's scared. I think, I'm not sure that this is who she is. I think that she did this because she is trying to prop up, uh, a small group led by, um, apparently a listener of this podcast, uh, who is driving the right wing in Alberta and I am so excited because it looks like we're going to come head to head. And at some point when we get to come head to head... You're talking about David Parker. I would never say his name. I would never utter the name of Satan on this show. I would never utter the name of Satan.
1: Yeah. He, for the listeners, he didn't put Satan in quotes.
0: No, he did not. No, that was... Wow. No. Um, will serious. this be a bad time to mention that the entire first segment was in the service of Senate candidate David Parker?
2: Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. just <laughs> so be a know. bad time. Wouldn't we should do if
0: David simple? Parker for it uh, Well, he certainly uh,
2: is independent, says Justin Trudeau. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think that she was afraid, and you I think, I think that she's just, afraid that the right wing's going to come So you, you think this is just, just classic
0: fear and lesson learned? Corey, do you believe this is classic fear and lesson learned, or is this revelatory about a person and and who they actually are right now?
1: Look, I don't think it's revelatory. You ask, is she that person? Depends on what you mean by that person. She is the person who wants to listen to everybody, especially those who have more right-wing, you know, non-mainstream views on that side. She is the person who wants to be on the big stage. I think I mentioned on this pod, you know, it wasn't so long ago she was tweeting at Elon Musk saying good things about Alberta you know, and and what was going on with Alberta conservatism back in the day. I I mean, she is that person. And I think that she sincerely does think you should be able to have these conversations and have these, you know, challenging debates and discourses. I believe she's that person. I also do agree with Stephen. She is under a certain amount of pressure from... uh, I don't even think it's like pressure, pressure. Like, I do think that we tend to overstate sometimes what this is, but I think she knows... She can't be turning down invitations like this, right? If somebody says, hey, do you want to be on the stage with Tucker Carlson? And she says, no, well, then that becomes the thing they're pissed off about in right-wing land, right? So she just says, yeah, sure, why not? And so I think the combination of those two things where she's like, yeah, look, I've always been a fan of of public discourse. And yeah, I've always liked big stages. And yeah, I'm going to get hit in the head if I don't accept this invite or don't agree to do this thing. So, of course, she's going to fucking do it. Now, it's manifesting into ways that I think, um, like, look, Tucker Carlson's views are brutal. And if you're a premier and you do have to answer for them, you've got a problem. But I just, I think, realistically, we've shown that we're not even making Daniel Smith answer for her own views. And I'm not saying that to be flip, and I'm not saying that in any kind of political context. I'm just saying it's just a reality and um and so when you do that risk benefit analysis saying where where's the where's the risk and and you don't even feel like you're debasing yourself because it is so consistent with your professional career before this point
0: Garner, <clears throat> fine fabulous or fucked what you saw from the responses and the denouncements you heard versions from the <clears throat> you know uh, rumored leadership candidates of, of the Alberta NDP. But you also heard things from like Randy Bosano, federal MP, saying, you know, you are the company you keep. I'm paraphrasing what he said. What what do you kind of think in terms of the denouncements, like as a package, the line around reasoning, being like, how dare she share a stage, abhorrent views, like guilt by association? Those were largely the threads. I don't want to, you know, be too reductive. But what did you kind of think? Fine, fabulous, or fucked in terms of how the overall stream of denouncing the premier sitting sitting down with Tucker Carlson was.
2: Absolutely fucked. I mean, it, it has no impact. All you're doing is speaking to people that you want to speak to. You're not speaking to anybody outside of your, your own primary cohort. Um, it's not like the, pe- the people who are at the event I mean, they should they should be ashamed of themselves. They're not going to be ashamed of themselves. And they're certainly not going to listen to Randy Bossino's admonishment. I mean, oh, Randy Bossino thinks that I'm uh, a bad person. They're just going to call him a nasty name and move on. Like, the, these... This isn't about the people who went. This is about the people who didn't go, the, the ones that are hearing things. We've lost a generation of people who are at these events. Those people are gone to us. Whether you're going to a Tucker Carlson event or you're going to a Donald Trump rally, you're lost to the discourse right now. We need to be talking to the people who aren't there. And I don't think Bosano or the leadership candidates had a particularly solid you know, retort to the people who weren't there. Instead, it was just a scolding of those that were there, a scolding that, that frankly, you know, I, I didn't mean anything. I would have loved to have gone down and screamed at everybody. That would have been great. I would have felt fantastic. But I wouldn't have done fuck all, and I think that that's where we are right now.
0: Let's move it on to our next one. Let's move it on to the liberal candidate or the Liberal MP, I should say, and maybe soon to be candidate heading into the next election again, Corey. This is MP Ken McDonald of the Liberals. Earlier this past week, he suggested that Justin Trudeau should face a leadership review within the Liberal Party. He then took that back um, after assuming the PMO got to him and saying, you oh, know, please clean that up for us, Ken. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Corey, I don't want yeah, to ask the PMO perspective. I want to ask the perspective of this MP. From Avalon. Is this fine, mm-hmm. fabulous, or fucked for his political future? What do you think? He 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 said it, and this is the same MP, just to remind folks that pre-carve out of the carbon tax for Atlantic Canada, he was the one advocating for it on, on on political shows and such. Yeah. His future, Corey, he 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 made it so he looked independent and strong, but he had to take it back. Fine fabulous or fucked for him. Like I'm really curious about him. I think the PMO answer is obvious, yeah. but he's the interesting part to me.
1: No, I think he's, he's fucked because of two things. First of all, well, maybe I'll, I'll put a bit of a proviso on this. He's fucked if he wants to be anything other than a backbench MP. Okay. Because if there's one thing I now know about him, it's that he he's willing to stab a leader in the back. And so it doesn't seem to me like the kind of guy I want on the team, generally speaking. And yeah, maybe he'll just be sitting around a bit of a gadfly in the caucus doing those things because he's seen as a bit of a folk hero locally because he managed to get heating oil without a carbon tax and maybe he just feels a little untouchable as a result. But he's never going to get an opportunity from me. like He's he's now capped out in politics. And I don't just mean that in terms of the Justin Trudeau PMO. What PMO in the right fucking mind would give this guy any authority with which he could then turn around and hit them it would be a crazy thing to do you basically know one thing about this guy and it's that he's not a team player you don't put him on the team so that's it he's done it's over for him and he you know he'll get a bunch of headlines he can have a lot of fun he can be the guy who who helped take down Justin Trudeau but he'll never be more than that and that's the end for him. Maybe he can go run for mayor of St. John's at some point, but it's fucking over for him in liberal politics if anybody has a brain in their head. And certainly, I think in any kind of party caucus, that is true.
0: Carter, there are rumors that he might be going elsewhere for fine, different sort of political pastures, so to speak. But fine, fabulous, or fucked as it stands for for him in in, in this particular context. And then I have a few follow-ups that I think are more generalized, but but uh, um, speak to Corey's point.
2: I Oh, he's fucked beyond belief. I recall a situation when uh during the twenty twelve election where one of our candidates took a position that was kind of contrary to the uh the premier at the time who I was working for. And uh that candidate, Zane, um I don't know who you're talking about. She didn't she did <laughs> not do well. She did not do well. We we uh she was on a blacklist so black you couldn't read the black ink on the black list. It she was it she was never going to see a cabinet position um because of the fact that she could not be trusted not to flip and take the other side. So if you're starting to flip and take the other side, your best bet is to find uh, new political ground. But even then I think you're done in politics and this is the problem right now when you've got your party and your party's not doing well and your leaders pulling even below the party, that gives you a real problem because you want to do something to save your own skin. But the thing you cannot do is just shit on the leader because the leader still gets 90% of the votes, 95% of the votes in your riding, and you get like, fuck all. Cause you're most of us don't know the names. Of the of our own members of Parliament, well, not most of us. I mean, we're pretty amazing. We but, know every name. You know.
1: We also all live in the same riding. So,
2: who's our MP again?
1: Yeah. A lot of diversity, <laughs> geographical diversity is. Really uh,
2: you, you know what's fun, you funny about, about this stepping uh, down? Big day, uh, uh, big day. Uh, uh, uh.
0: Yeah, oh, you know what, Corey? Uh, it's so interesting. Carter talks about that blacklist um, when he was working for the premier. It was uh, the candidate, this this MLA, eventual MLA, was on on the blacklist so much uh, that she eventually became a cabinet minister. That's how poorly the premier that uh, Carter was supporting was doing. So, uh, <laughs> Not just in uh, fairness. So uh, yeah, just to I'd let left. <laughs> I you, was you, gone. You you, you were, uh, That's the correct. you saying. were gone, Yes. <laughs> hey, can I actually you know talk you to you about this? This Corey brings place. up something really interesting at least to me. Yeah. Corey, what if you're, if you have no, amb- like, we always talk about this as if ambition is maximal, right? Like, mm-hmm. ambition is parliamentary secretary cabinet, and then maybe like, who knows? Like, every- what if your ambition is just to be humbly a backbencher? And being your own person is kind of part of that. I know you guys gave me the fucked answer, you know, you know, with the asterisks of yeah. if he wants anything more. What if he wants nothing more? And in this case, I said, like, there's There's other things he's looking at, but like, now I'm going to make this more general. What if one who's sure. in this position wants nothing more except to say, I spoke up when I felt like it was right to do so?
1: You know, I guess I'll have to say fine then, because you can't argue about his effectiveness on a policy point of view, right? One of the things that we haven't really stopped talking about is the fact that they've created this carve-out now for atlantic canada and and that's in no small part because of him and and the work of other mp's within atlantic canada so that makes him actually quite an effective mp i believe right it again not likely to trust him with anything if i can avoid it in the future the one thing though i will say is that is that is a card you can only lay down once or you know, a couple of times at most, I suppose, because ultimately people will start just costing in your opposition to things mm. and and they will act accordingly. And so, you know, there's something to be said for an MP who chooses its moments, his moments, her moments to stand up, their moments to stand up against these things. But if you do it every time, I mean, then, then people just start operating around you and it doesn't even have the shock value with the media. It's like, oh, you know... There's McDonald again, opposed to what Trudeau did again. Uh, you know, I'll I'll say this. Considering that he basically suggested that the leader needed to step down, you know, needed to face a review, didn't make a lot of news, yeah. right? And that's in part because he's now seen as a
0: malcontent.
1: And so it's as, just less shocking. that
0: guy. Carter, any thoughts on, you know, if your ambition is not sky high, if you just want to be a backbencher, speak in your mind, always get you fucked? Or is it fine sometimes?
2: I mean, you can speak your mind, but you're probably going to be speaking so so infrequently that no one's going to hear you. I mean, there how many people in the House of Commons actually matter? Right? How many people actually get a voice? How many people get to speak? I mean, if we're being charitable, I think we might get the 65 or 70. On a regular basis, that are speaking, that are getting the PNP bookings, or getting on Power Play. I mean, they're 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 fighting with you, Zane, to try and get uh, onto these shows. Uh, and get food
1: and, out of your child's mouth, Zane.
2: Food out of your child's mouth, it's and sickening. you know, sickening. Yeah, they're terrible people. But there's only 60, 65 of them that are are getting those appearances, and this guy is in the is in the other uh, two hundred and seventy. I mean, it's just. It it's just a really difficult spot for him to find himself. And and if you say he he you know he doesn't need that, he doesn't have that ambition, okay. F- sounds good. I mean Rob Anders was a member of Parliament for a hundred million years. He didn't have to say anything. Um, it doesn't matter. Like you don't have to be a member of Parliament doing interesting stuff. You can just sit there. But that's why that's what we call the Senate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Carter I'm gonna move on to our next one the Alberta NDP let's move it on to a bit, bit closer to home just, they it's just like it's a, I love a good callback oh it's excellent you know it's, it's yeah, very good like, it's cool. very good it's it's uh 46 minutes in um Carter Alberta NDP they have a new set of rules that allow oh. a new leader to be named June 22nd. That's what they're looking at. It is a June 22nd leadership announcement. They have their race commencing in the next week or so, February 5th. There's a vetting period. I won't bore people with that. But ultimately, February 5th to April 22nd, that is the date that you have to have all your memberships sold for, for new members to effectively be able to vote and then there's a bunch of dates in between, but there's kind of a, a bit of a dead period, I guess, if I'd call it that, uh, between April 22nd and, and and June 22nd as it relates to new membership sales. I'm sure the party will organize events and debates and contests to, you know, do other things, hot dog eating contests and others in between to keep it lively. Uh, but but Carter, overall on the rules, fine, fabulous, or fucked for the Alberta NDP as they seek to replace uh, Rachel Notley?
2: They're Fine, Zane. Fine. I mean, April twenty second to June twenty second like or whatever. Quotes. Yeah. Let me let me ask you a question, Zane. Have you have you ever sent a piece of mail in Canada? Uh yes. How long does it take to receive to get to its recipient?
0: Five days, four days, six days, something like that. I don't know. Three,
2: three days, two days, uh, one day. If you're in the same city, like the next day, right? So, what I want to know is why do they think the mail is going to take? four weeks going one way and you know, like they don't even have to mail back a thank you. Like just count the fucking ballots. They mail the things out. They come back in. Why, why is this taking so long now? I'm done with it. I'm not saying another word. I don't care. I don't care. How are you going to fill the time between April 22nd and and June the 22nd or whatever it is? Strategist live events. We're going to do a fucking series of strategist live every single week. You all, you're going to have to pay money to be there live in order to hear from the fucking strategists. And that's the way it's going to go because ain't nothing else going to go on. So the strategist fucking live is coming back, Zane. I didn't ask your permission. I didn't ask Corey's permission. I'm just fucking doing it. I don't even care.
0: Book the dome, book it, do it now.
2: (laughs) Oh, dude, you have no idea. I found a venue. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want a soft launch. I found a venue. You
0: do. You absolutely do.
2: (laughs) I found a venue that the fucking patrons are going to, they're going to, they're going to be so excited. There's going to be little messes in their pants. They're so excited about what's going to happen at at this venue. They're going to die. It's going to be fantastic. Anyways, Corey, Corey, can you, we buddy?
0: pause the show so you can tell us the venue? That's all I care about right now. Maybe nope. I'm not
2: telling you the venue. Fuck off, Zane. Fine, <laughs> you're not even I have, a sign I have, I have, I authority. Even come up with a fourth one of the corporation.
0: <laughs> he, Jesus Christ, he, money goes out when Stephen Carter gets involved, either through the yeah. lawsuits. Listen, or through <laughs> Randy un- and unreasonable and expenses. <laughs> Corey, Not the rules. Fine, fabulous, or fucked. They were, they were debated this weekend. They were ratified this weekend. They're being rolled out this week with the first sort of stage of that process. April 22nd cutoff. June 22nd is the reveal of, of the new leader in this showcase. What do you think? Fine, fabulous, or fucked?
1: I think they're fine. Um, I do think that the period between April twenty second and June twenty second could be a doldrums. I don't think that's unique. No,
2: it won't it? Won't the, Corey? Because we're going to do the strategist live.
1: Uh, that's true. I forgot yeah. it would otherwise. But yeah. we're we're in there saving it all. But the Ontario Liberal Party had three months between you know membership cut off and announcement. I think the uh, you know the UCP had similar. Look, I I. I think that's wasted time. I think that's the worst time of all of those leadership contests. You should try to narrow that gap as much as humanly possible in a perfect world. The gap between, uh, you know, voting or membership cutoff and voting and voting an announcement to me would be zero in basically all cases, because that's how you generate the most excitement and interest in a membership Mm -hmm. contest. But, you know, they're gonna do what the herd has done, political parties of all sorts of stripes, which is to give themselves an awful lot of time to deal with things as they come up. So they'll have their membership lists, and then they can kind of go through and they can rotate through and make sure everyone's good with those lists, and they can send out those ballots, and no matter where you live in the country in this provincial contest, you'll be able to get your ballot and you'll be able to muse about it for two weeks, and then you'll be able to send it back no matter where you are in this country on this provincial contest, and everything will be nice and good and and you know, there is an obligation under under the NDP constitution for mail-in ballots being an option. So you do have to have the time for the mail back.
2: Yes, yeah, but how long? But, again, fine. Uh, and
1: I'm, not arg- fine. I'm not arguing with it's you. Fine. I think it is, it is too big. But I got to tell you, as a guy who's like run this from the party side before, things come up, you do want the extra time. And so sometimes you do find yourselves talking to the party executive who otherwise are just very hand wavy about it. You start almost getting... You know, like infomercial hands, where like you're using a product and you just can't use it, even though any normal human being could do it in a different uh-huh. way. You sort of well, you're like, well, you know, drain, the, the cutoffs drain, there, and we couldn't possibly, we couldn't possibly get through all of those cash memberships without three weeks notice or whatever, right? And so you you build these buffers in, and they're not even necessarily for the things you claim the buffers are yeah. for. You just sometimes need the time, and that's you know
2: bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry, I mis- I misread well, what we we're going to say.
1: That's I thought you were going to co- say that's bullshit, party. and
2: I said yeah. that, and I was wrong. I'm sorry. Well,
1: it is kind of bullshit, yeah. Stephen. I, I I was sort of going to say that, because oh. you could probably run it closer to the line. But your interest in the party office at that moment is not to be the story and not to be the people who fuck up. So you give yourself Patty. Wow. Is it in the best interest of the party? Not convinced. But it's also not a huge deal, and every other party is doing it fine, this
0: It's
2: fine, Corey.
0: Cor- Carter, um, is it a funeral home? that you have booked for The Strategist Live. Because I feel like that would be a... Because a it's called Live, and it would be at a funeral week. Oh, I really know, good, it's Zane.
1: pretty good. Carter, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? We could put Live into quotes.
0: <laughs> no, be Strategist Live.
2: Oh, live. my God. That's yep. so good. Yeah. Okay. Um, are, you,
0: are you done, or do you all want one more?
2: I think we're good. That was a really <laughs> good episode of that. Guys... Really deep, really good stuff. Are we Some just gonna leave laughs. it there? Is that it? That it was excellent. You don't want I that. really enjoyed
0: it. <laughs> Fine, fuck it. We're gonna move it on to our final round or over under our lightning round. Stephen Carter, um, oh. Carter, let, let's 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 talk about the the by election that that has now been announced to replace Aaron O'Toole's vacant seat in Durham, Ontario. There was an interesting development um, over over the weekend where this, it was a very online development, but I, I found this fascinating, where Justin Trudeau referred to the conservative candidate in Durham as a twofer both an insider and an ideologue. The, the candidate then kind of, you know, took this term of twofer without the yeah. context of Trudeau explaining what twofer meant and said, you know, how dare the prime minister call me names and then went on a four-minute sort of uh, biographical uh, epic about who he is and how he deserves to be running in this race, etc. What do you kind of think of of, of of PM's use of language here? Are you in or out of him trying to, like, d- drive political attacks and... And, and this would potentially be called, you know, punching down, so to speak, in some ways, going after an MP. Are, are you in or out on, on what the PM had to, had to say here? Of course, what, like, this candidate did was pretty predictable and, you know, took a clip out of context. In or out on the PM, though?
2: Are you suggesting that the the Conservative Party of Canada took something out of context and then spun it into some sort of media and fundraising initiative? Is that what you're suggesting, Zane? It doesn't matter what the prime minister says. The Conservative Party of Canada is going to take it out of context and they're going to turn it into a fundraising campaign and some other way of winning votes. That's what they're doing. Um that's the techniques and the tools that they have, and frankly, the liberals have tried to do it too, and the NDP haven't tried. but you know other people I mean the NDP haven't tried for years, but anyways the the this whole thing is is a joke. It doesn't matter that he said twofer it would have been if he'd if he'd said this is a candidate that that I don't think has the skill set, then they would have been running a series of. You know, ads that say the prime minister doesn't think that this type of person has the 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 skill set. I mean, it, it, it's it's a it's a mugs game because it it's not done in 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 good faith, and it's not done. Uh, it, it was going to be done regardless.
0: Corey, I get what Carter's saying, but I'm kind of curious your thoughts on the premiers, or the prime minister's use of language here. Uh, because there could be a wor- world where, where this candidate, who I know personally, Jamil Giovanni, could just lean into this be like you know be like twofer could be like part of his campaign like it could just be like you know um, yeah call me that right and we've seen that in politics right where someone tries to do something uh from from a negative sort of stance or an attack mode and they're like you know what fuck yeah that is exactly what i am uh basket of deplorables is is a good version of it right where where people kind of took the attack and made it their own sort of thing and i know this is one candidate in a by-election but there is something really fascinating to me about like language jujitsu, but also language that is kind of known but not really known and a Allows this room for for uh, for leaving out context. Your thoughts on the premier's on the prime minister's language in or out?
1: Yeah, I think if you didn't watch the show Thirty Rock, you wouldn't even understand what the hell the controversy is. But in the show Thirty Rock, there was a character Twofer, who was so called because it was described in the first episode he was in. He was a black guy and a Harvard guy, so he checked two boxes, right? The phrase Toofer existed before that. That's why the joke worked in 30 Rock is the great irony here, right? But, you know, then it was taken as a racial thing, because in 30 Rock, it was used as a racial thing. And so, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Very meta, you could get into discourse about the evolving nature of language and all of that. Ultimately, I think that um, the Prime Minister... There, there are so many times where you can be like, right, but you should know better, right? Like, I don't think that the Prime Minister necessarily meant anything. I certainly don't think the Prime Minister meant anything racial, But He literally described the two things he was saying he was a twofer on, right? Yeah. But w- why the fuck do it? Like, knowing that the most, the most well-known version of this had racial connotations, why would you do it? Like, as a Prime Minister, you sometimes have to know it's better not to be witty a lot of the time. And and frankly, it wasn't even that witty. So what the hell well, was the Well, that's good loss? because it
2: really isn't that witty most of the time. So that, <laughs> Well,
0: that's let, let, me, let me extend this, this conversation to our, my next question, Carter, in our under-enlightening round. And let me add some context okay. here. So as on the heels of this video, like I said, this is a very deeply online thing, but there's some interesting strategy lessons to be learned here. Um, the The newest hire to the PMO, Superior DiVetti, uh, who's been a commentator, radio host, been on PNP for for years. She wrote a beautiful yeah. Toronto Star article about why she's taking this gig. This was about a couple of weeks ago in the PMO, uh, was was sort of named by, by conservative commentators uh, around, you know, a response. She kind of went back and forth with them and then got into a very heated sort of conversation and debate, uh, if you can call it that lightly, Corey, with Canada Proud, um, you know, just going back and forth like you know explicit language all like pretty witty pretty funny if you're on her side sort of thing but like okay that's like surprising language coming from someone in 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 the PMO Um, two ways to look at this I guess number one like hey go ham attack hard you're who gives a shit now that you're in the PMO just be who you are that's why they hired you number two holy shit you're in the PMO you know calm the fuck down Corey, I'm going to ask you, are you in or out on her behavior? And I can't give you all of the language and the back and forth right now so people can look it up because it's still not been deleted. And I'm sure it'll become a bit of a side sort of internet story in that sense. Are you in or out? as a, and, and, and you may know her personality. You may not, yeah. you know, heading into this gig. But now that she's in this gig in the PMO, in or out on her behavior online?
1: I mean, I think Carter and I, it'll be an interesting conversation with Carter. I'm out. I When I was in government, I think I tweeted less than a handful of things over the entire time. And absolutely nothing was controversial or political. It was like, oh, I broke my favorite mug. You know, it was like really anodyne shit because I, I just generally don't know that you need to become the story at moments like this. I, you know, and I'll, I'll let Carter argue the counterpoint. There is an obvious counterpoint, which is that you have other personalities that can get mixed into it. But the bottom line for me is when you have a job like that, it doesn't work to just say these are my own opinions in your twitter bio or anything and i don't even think she had that but you know it comes off as being the prime minister's office and do we need our pmo this actually ties pretty well to the last point mm-hmm. Do we need our pmos to be mean and funny i don't think that's actually what anybody's looking for especially as government's age we want them to be we we want them not to be witty generally speaking. We, we don't credit them very highly for funny or witty when they get long in the tooth. And yes, she might be new there, but to Canadians, this is an old PMO. This is an old and established PMO. And the same things that come off as scrappy and upstart when you are, say, 2014 and you're trying to get into office mm. in 2015 and you've just gotten into office, come off as condescending, entitled overpowered when you were in government now for nine years. And frankly, maybe maybe the strategic consideration needed to be given. And if you wanted to change the brand in such a way as to say, yeah, we're the give no fucks brand. We're basically Donald Trump's brand. Of, we're kind of funny and we're kind of dicks. If that's the strategy and if that's the plan... Well, I'd like to actually see that. I wouldn't like to see that come up through a random PMO staffer, Carter. No what slides.
0: do you think? Corey makes a lot of good points around the, the 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 duration of this PMO, but she's got a personality. She's probably hired with that personality in mind, if not explicitly for it. Your thoughts? Are you in or out on 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 uh, uh, online uh, with uh, uh, with this this, this argument uh, over the course of this weekend?
2: Well, I I wonder. How else do you take on Canada Proud, right? How else do you take them on? I mean, the, the, the Liberals are getting the shit kicked out of them. Um, I think that using a staffer as an account, uh, attack dog is probably less effective than using uh, an MP as an attack dog. Um, I think that you've got other people with the skill set in your cabinet that might be able to do it. And if you don't have someone in your cabinet, you should probably put someone in who's got the, the attack dog fighter instinct. I'm not sure that coming from the PMO is necessarily the best, uh, the best play. I played some of that role, right? We've seen some of those roles being played by Jason Kenny staffers. Um, I don't think I ever did it like this, but I don't think I'm in a position to throw rocks from my glass house. Uh, so I'm going to say so you, this is fabulous. No, that play, was another segment.
1: Well, you Sorry. never uh, oh, told man, somebody that they couldn't make a woman come. No, I did. Or, or <laughs> that, funny. or that. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. yeah,
2: yeah. D- yeah, David on the, the daily. It was back before anybody knew who. <laughs> Jesus he <was>. Christ! Yeah. <laughs>
0: come on. <laughs> we're just going to let that lack of joke breathe.
2: Come on! Are you seriously? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do that.
0: I'm putting joke in air quotes. That's a wrap on episode 1281 of The Strategist. My name is Zane Velger. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. We'll see you next time.